Welcome to Splunk Talk, the only podcast that's all Splunk and no junk. We are here for episode 12 of season two. I am your host, Birch. That is... I'm Hal. And today we're going to have Matt Ness and Malcolm Moore come on to have the second in our very important two-part series, Inheriting a Splunk Deployment. But before they join us and before we get into that, Hal, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I mean, this is the first episode recorded after Conf, and that was an experience. That was pretty amazing. Um, and so anyone who's subscribing, they may not know, because we didn't add those episodes to our feed. We should probably make a snap judgment right this moment. What do we do? Because we could drop them in the feed. Oh, then that would make this episode 22, not 12, I think. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so where do we tell people to go to hear what the heck we're talking about in case they happen to miss last week? I think they can go to YouTube. And like we can send them, yeah. So go yeah. to Splunk Talk or YouTube.com slash, what's it, C slash Splunk Talk, I think. Just Google it. Um, you'll see a playlist on our channel, and it's going to be nine videos. Uh, we did a lot. We recorded a lot <laughs> of stuff. It was amazing. Um, some would say too much. Some would say too no. much. <laughs> um, no you want to break down... Uh, you know, the, the, the sessions we did there. Uh, yeah, definitely. And also I I think, you know what, we might as well add them to the feed when we get a chance because it's easier for people to just skip through them if they don't want to listen to them and to hunt around. Right. Okay. If you're confused now, you're going to know why by listening to us right right this moment. Yeah. Maybe we'll put them in after this episode. Oh, that's a smart idea. We could. That way people can hear about what it is but then if their podcast player just goes from the latest to the earliest out actually once a week or two a week week for the next few actually because there's nine of them there is nine of them that's german for no there are no of them nine 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 of them nine nine okay well what we do well we'll we had a very special opportunity uh to present and interview guests and do color commentary before and after the the keynotes and the search party and throughout the conference, really. Um, So we got to talk with people, I'm not gonna attempt to try to remember everyone we talked to, but we got to talk to people who are not, um, not at the high level but the actual like individual contributor level, like the people really- They like peons? I mean, what, what were you trying to imply there? I'm trying to imply that the people higher up tend to have more of like the, um, you know, larger vision and like yeah, people that yeah. listen to this, the audience that listens to this is probably more oh, like, yeah, they're like, cool. what am I going to do with that thing that you just kind of yeah. high level of okay, yeah, make yeah, it real fair. for me. Yeah. So could, we talked to those people, the ones that make it real. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, it was great. I was exhausted after that. I had intended to take in uh, a handful of sessions, and I did not. I did not. I, mean, I watched the keynotes and a little bit of the search party with Glenn and Gwen Stefani. Uh, that's it. I didn't get any of the sessions in. I, which is like a normal comp for me, actually. Yeah. Well, um, it took me until like midway through the second day to realize that there was a strategy this year for conf. Okay. Because it was virtual, we had featured sessions, which were celebrities for our yeah. sake. Yeah. Tony Hawks, John yeah. Romero, Kevin Mitnick, and three or four others. Yes. Who were also not just guys. 
Kerry I Washington. Did. And you only mentioned. The I told you I didn't know who she was. That was sep- totally yeah. separate from that. Like, and how stopped woman, watching a, TV in the, the other woman's uh, ten name, years ago. Like, I, she's a sommelier. You whatever? can't even say what her job title I, is. You can't pronounce I mean, I'm that. Gonna, yeah. So sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah. Sommelier. That's the job title. Okay. Um, Parna. What can I we'll say? I'm a Tony Hawk fan. I was not <laughs> a fan of this other. I, just, just the way it worked out. Aparna. I'm going to look it up later when Hal's talking, because okay. uh, out of respect, I want to get everyone's. I want to get everyone's name up there. That for, is uh, fair. That yeah. is fair. All I'm saying to you is that Tony you're Hawk a horrible Pro person. Skater I got it. Three <laughs> was my jam back in the day. That's all oh, I'm yeah? saying. And I missed it. And I still missed that session. You still missed but it. You were talking about a strategy though. Strategy is um, to watch those, basically. To watch those because those, mm. for contract reasons, won't be on the replay. Yep. Yep. So um, I did yeah, see yeah. Felicia Day on the Dungeons and Data Masters uh, oh, D&D yeah? stream. How that was, was that? actually kind of neat. Uh, with my lighting here. Every bit as geeky as one would think a live streamed D&D game would be. How do you? How, what and is then your they added Felicia Day. <laughs> yeah, how? How I only know her from Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog, but I do know she is a very like a veteran mm-hmm. on the uh, webisodes. Yeah, uh, I domain. mean, she was. Uh, I mean, if you want to call it a you know a tuber, she was a tuber before that existed. Um, a tuber. Tuber. Um, so she had Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog, of course, but also the Guild was a big one. Yes, and the Guild was. Um, one of the earliest that I recall anyway, that I was exposed to, um, you know, kind of serial shows with a real budget to be made. Right. Yes. Because you, you had, you know, people doing, you know, uh, was it, I don't know, like Justin TV where, you know, here I am going to throughout my day, you know, there's that kind of stuff. No, no, no. The guild, you know, had, had, you know, scripts and plans and, you know, locations and, you know, it was, it was like a real show. It wasn't like, you know, triple a title you know top tier budget or anything but it was it was really well done with some you know some quality acting and she was you know one of the principals on that i i think she may may have been the producer or you know, big part of the production but anyway much much credit to felicia day for that so yeah i followed her from that time and then um there's a handful of uh sci-fi fantasy sci-fi kind of t- shows that she had parts in that i was so i would see her now and then it's like, oh there's felicia day oh there's felicia yeah. day so um yeah that was that was very cool felicia day was was there um we also as hal mentioned we had gwen stefani at the search party we had will farrell closing out the conference I opened we had for him. what yes we did we did yes. open for him and gwen opened for us yes that right? was sweet of her mm-hmm. yeah that was very nice of her it's almost like she didn't even know yeah. um, <laughs> and then yeah. we had um we had the i found the guest speakers we had uh carrie washington uh, John Romero, Tony Hawk, and Alpana Singh. Okay, and you did great with that. Yes, much better. Than I, I think if done. I say everyone's names, like Tony Hawk, that's a hard name to say. But if I say it with mm-hmm. confidence, no one will know that I'm struggling with it because mm. I always want to pronounce it Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, no, same. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I, I was practiced before the episode. But also, we had there was before all the keynotes, there was um, the Jabberwockies. Uh, which is a fun word to say, mm-hmm. the dance group. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I didn't know who they were. Yeah, um, Quest Love. Did Quest you see that Love. 
That was a curveball. Jamming. Yeah, that's awesome. And the magician and his wife. There was a magician. I missed this one. You missed the magician. Oh man. Maybe you got there after, and he had already disappeared. Maybe, maybe. Um, I wrote it down, and I forget his name, but uh, he was great. Okay. It was okay. it was very very cool. It's it made me th- kind of think they just uh, like photoshopped it or like uh, Adobe premiered it or something. I see. Yes, because I mean, people just do they do tricks now. You just don't know what's real. Yeah. Have you ever looked at some of the the, the deep fake videos and you know kind of what's in that area? No, I don't want my childhood to be sullied. Yeah, yeah, probably wise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have our uh, our guests joining us in a, a moment. I I hope they're not here, so we should probably stall. Let's stall. Let's okay. talk about um, the uh, comp online. So you know, featured featured speakers. That was the, the best where place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because those will not be replayed, but then all the conf breakouts, even though you miss them, you can catch them at conf online. So conf.splunk.com and, uh, watch the replays there. So that's always been there. The concept of this has been there for a few years now. The difference here is that they're, they're there instantly right now. There's no delay. And are they up already? Everybody is. Oh, I assume that we were just sending people to the same conf website and that you logged in that way. I could be wrong. Uh, so conf online. I don't know. Myself. I didn't think it was going to be on the conf online site. It would be instead <gasps> on the on the, the same site that we just experienced last week. Yes. So conf.spunk.com, <coughs> if you go under watch.conf online, you can see the 20 uh, conf 20 sessions already. Yeah. They're they're ready for replay. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yes. You just go to watch. You just click on watch. I didn't know that part, but yeah. Okay. Oh, very cool. So go um, I see. and watch them. Yeah. So Matt Ness is, uh, is here and we've got, uh, Malcolm Moore here. So why don't we bring in our friends? Are, are they in the waiting room? They're in, they're in the wings. Yeah. Okay. Joining dramatic pause, dramatic pause, Thrrr, drum roll. <laughs> And I see people. We've got video. We've got some audio. Oh, that's two of them. We've got two friendly faces. I have not seen these faces in a long time. (laughs) What's up, Matt? Uh, Malcolm, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. It has been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. um, we should probably, uh, what do you think, have our, have our guests you know, introduce themselves? We could probably do that. Yeah. So you know we were, uh, before you joined, we were just uh, schmoozing about our experience at Conf. And uh, we uh, talked about the fact that this is our second in our, our second of a series of two podcast episodes about inheriting a Splunk deployment. And uh, we've got some very, very special guests because you guys go way back. Mm-hmm. on this yeah. and have some historical info. So why don't we start? Uh, we'll just go left to right on left my, to my right. screen was, here. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay. no offense, Malcolm, but <laughs> do put you in the bottom right-hand corner. So next time I'll go, I'll go with the uh, Aramaic and, and Hebrew languages and go right to left. But okay. Matt, why don't, why don't uh, you guys tell us just who you are, what, what your current uh, job function is, and how do you relate back to that Inherit a Splunk Deployment Manual? 
Uh, sure. Well, so uh, I'm a principal technical writer on the doc team uh, for Splunk. And uh, um, I, let's see, if we're talking about, uh, I, I've been with the company for a long time. So uh, don't long? be shy. <laughs> we're coming up on, uh, what, 12 years. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So in terms of like, of like all company seniority, I think I'm 21 now, something like that. Cool. There's actually, there's actually a list people are keeping. Yeah. Now um, I'm going to go check mine. <laughs> yeah. I was 23 for a long time, but a couple of people left. I think, uh, I could be wrong. I, I don't actually keep uh, meticulous track of that. Um, but it's around. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've, I've seen a few things over the years and uh, learned a few things. Um, but uh, um, anyway, the manual uh, came about um, maybe around 2016, no, 2016, 2017. And yeah. um, we, we've been around for a while uh, as a, as a company, but um, in my, it, 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 in our early days, we were focusing mainly on kind of putting uh, uh Splunk uh, implementations together by scratch. Our docs were all about sort of the the soup to nuts, how to do things uh, with you know, how to build something out of nothing. Because at the time, and, all of our customers were net new customers. Right, right. But uh, uh, increasingly, we were were being approached by people at Conf who were and out and outside of Conf who were saying, "Hey, uh, I inherited this mess, and I need someone to help me straighten it out." And and um, your docs are great, but they're not really helping me figure out what to do with this crazy situation. And so uh, our uh, fearless leader Chris Gales uh, basically put out this challenge to the doc team to. Uh, put some time aside to create a manual that was specifically for this uh, use case, more or less. Uh, so a bunch of us writers got together and sort of like figured out like what we knew and what we could bring to the table. Uh, and so, and we all contributed different aspects of information to it. Awesome. So. Very cool. So let's, let's roll to Ma uh, Malcolm and kind of get your story, Malcolm. Hey, yeah. Um, so I'm also a principal technical writer. I have been here also a long time. Uh, a little How long? Ten years. Nice. Uh, newbie. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, usually the meetings that you're in, the only person that's going to be older than you is going to be Matt. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, like Matt said, um, he got... Our, our Chris Gales uh, put this out as I think it was a Hack Week project. Uh, mm -hmm. that oh yeah, my friend. Yeah, and so we he you know we all sat in the room and said yeah we're getting a lot of these requests to talk about like how to deal with an uh, an inherited deployment and so um, we all took bits of it and put together some copy and then we all tied it together and that's what you see in the docs now is uh, the work of about what a dozen and a half people uh, wow. so what, what was the um how did you research what was the you know the kind of the data gathering process for mm. this and which might be wider for for any you know you can answer that for anything in docs but but specifically this book 
So for the material that I worked on, um, I did a lot of the topology stuff. I did um, the diagrams of the, the deployments and stuff. And so it was just basically looking on Spock answers, uh, reviewing the existing documentation that we had, looking at, you know, people, uh, people ask questions, you know, about how these things are laid out, what ports need to be used or, you know, what ports need to be opened up and stuff like that. So, yeah. And Malcolm, had you before that, like, it, it, okay, so first off, it was a Hack Week project. I want to hear, like, what is, I think it's the first time we've talked about Hack Week. Yeah, so we haven't before, so we should probably call that yeah. out. Let's hear what yeah. that's about. And then the other thing is, um, you know, it almost sounds like the Avengers working on this. <laughs> like, it's like everyone who's been working on other manuals and bringing their subject matter expertise is now contributing the relevant subset to this new yeah. manual. Um, so tell us, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about Hack Week and what are your superpowers? Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, I know what one of Malcolm's is. I don't know if you have all day for that. I will out him. <laughs> no, but um, so, so it, you know, we, we had, they, they have always talked about Hack Week. You know, the engineering teams have always talked about Hack Week when they just get together and they, they just work on stuff and there's no real set, like, timeline or anything or set date or set project you just want to see what you can do and put something together and so we took that sort of rubric and worked on this manual um we uh just we all decided to uh, pull together our you know our different expertise and uh start writing just start writing copy which Go ahead, Let's get Hal. into the expertise. I was going to say, Malcolm, yeah. I know you've done a lot on the Windows side. Do you have capacity to tell us about any of the manuals you've worked on? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I've worked on pretty much every manual in the in the doc set. I started out with Windows, and I still, you know, I'm still mostly the Windows guy. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of been passed on to a couple other people. I've worked on capacity planning. I've worked on installation. I've worked on getting data in, and I still do. I work in the security manual. I work in, uh, I did a little bit of work on ITSI, uh, ITSI. When you say security, are you talking about enterprise security or hardening your Splunk deployment? Uh, the securing mm. the platform, it's called. Securing. Ah, uh, thank you. Enterprise and inter- you would enterprise. Know. So who can we blame? Windows, Windows <laughs> uh, infrastructure, uh, the Unix app, all the, all that stuff. What about you, Matt? Uh, I, I I guess well, first off, I, I I when I joined the company, there were only two manuals: user and admin. <laughs> and what, uh, and what and product? Uh, Don't you know? <laughs> and just one just product, one product yeah. for like five, yeah. eight, yeah. Yeah. three so. forwarders. <laughs> so all the manuals you see for enterprise and enterprise cloud basically came out of those two, uh, and then and then uh, proliferated. And I've kind of generally been stuck with the uh, I've been well I'm stuck with I don't know if I'm put it that way, but I've been with the enterprise product for most of my time at Splunk. I did actually write the very first draft of the enterprise security manual back when it was just a pamphlet more or less. But uh, it's it's of course you know gone in a lot of directions with, since then. Um, but uh, I I mostly kind of focus on sort of search time stuff. So the knowledge manager manual belonged to me. Uh, I also wrote uh, have a lot to do with things like uh, the alerting manual and and reporting manual. Uh, and these days I've been focused a lot on the metrics 
stuff, which is sort of all a whole. That's metrics is kind of like it's it's in deck, you know, it's it's ingest through search. So there's a lot going on there. Um, so just to clarify some terminology, uh, when when our friends here talk about uh, manuals, so if you go to docs.splunk.com and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the the items, the major items listed there are are products. And then within a product, you might click in mm. and see a number of different manuals. So if you click into right. Enterprise, you'll see actually tabs. Um, there's so many manuals. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so those, those are what we're talking about when we say manuals um, versus like product, right? So Enterprise Security now right. has like user admin and all these other ones. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And the thing with enterprise itself and enterprise cloud is those the those two core products are so large that they have entire universes of manuals within them right now. So uh, I mean, there, there was one time at which you could read the whole of it and kind of keep it all in your head. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. That's that's got to be tough now. I mean, when I started in 2012, at some point in in that year, probably the first few months, I I read the whole thing, and that was you know, what I needed to do to get started. So right, what I did. I had uh, like a two yeah. hour flight to Tampa or something, and I had printed out the entire admin manual because it was small <laughs> enough to be printed. It was still big, but sat on a plane and read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can imagine doing that. It's too big now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you still can uh, print. A, it was like a PDF button on all of our docs, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know how many people still take advantage of that. Uh, but yeah, we it's, probably it's have huge... the answer to that question in Splunk. Uh, yeah, somewhere there's a yeah. referrer. You know, there's a weblog with a refer oh, link yeah. to that button. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we have telemetry on it. <laughs> yep. But so, um, I, I was going to ask. Um, are there are there parts of the I mean, you if you know something, you can jump in and you can just quickly get something done as opposed to if it's an area that you don't know or it's something you have touched in a long time. You've got to really work yourself back up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there you know, like how do you you've got, you know, it's, it's I guess it's kind of like a programmer re, re, you know, uh, writing code too in this in the same sense. You don't want to go in and touch something until you know where all the pieces are. How do you do mm-hmm. that when it's, you know, something that hasn't been touched in, you know, in a month or a year or a year? <laughs> you mean in terms of documentation? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you've moved carefully, I guess. Uh, um, and, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 some of it is just kind of researching sort of where things are at. Uh, and and you know talking to the current subject matter experts on that stuff. Like I'm always re- looking at old docs, for example, and kind of going, are these still true? Like you know, where I'm dealing right now with, uh, I've been dealing over the last few days with lookup stuff. Mm-hmm. And our lookup docs, I was looking in at at some of my old lookup topics in the knowledge manager manual and realizing I don't think all of these these instructions for what directories to put, for example, CSV lookup files in, they seem not right, you know? So I was like squaring, I was like asking other- Oh, so you can't go asking, in and make a quick fix. You're like, ah, wow, this is a bit of a bird's nest Yeah, here. yeah, I I went and asked my, you know, my, my lookup guy, uh, Jay Pathak, uh, you know, what is going on with, 
with, uh, uh, you know, exactly where, for example, a lookup file when you upload it through the UI goes, mm -hmm. um, because we were saying three, look like we were saying three different places. And, um, and, you know, he got back to me. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure it, it helps sometimes to have people that can just give you a quick answer rather than going in and testing and checking and all that stuff. But what uh, you guys produce, it has to be authoritative. So it, sometimes it you're going to be getting in and doing the thing in order to understand it enough right. to document it, right? Right. Yeah. So we do a lot of testing of the functionality that we're working with and, and seeing where it goes. Uh, but sometimes there's stuff that's code level and, I, and we're just not, I'm not always sure like exactly what goes on. Like, you know, uh, I, I will uh, talk to my to my colleagues in on in the development side to say you know to make to validate that like what we say about how a conf file setting works the way that it says it works and that can be tricky you know uh there's been a lot of you know like there we've had you know sometimes you'll end up going through lots of iterations with mm. with development but to get certain things right and then you'll find out later on down the line uh that that we were wrong um and that's another nice thing about our docs is that uh, all of our documentation pages have feedback sections uh, down at the bottom and we get customer feedback all the time where people say hey this is not correct this is like slight this is great but this is you you missed something here or here's an example that might be better and we actually get a lot of uh, uh, feedback from you guys uh, yeah. on the docs so and we really yeah. appreciate we it a, <laughs> I've, I've sent a lot of those in over the years we have yeah. our system and whenever somebody sends feedback, we get a ticket automatically created so we can go investigate, uh, communicate with the person who sent the ticket. If it's internal, you know, mm -hmm. obviously they get a direct uh, feedback in the ticket. If not, if it's external, then we just send them an email. And uh, yeah, it's pretty great. I think that was one of the things that was so... Uh, like stopping for me, like it made me stop and notice Splunk as a company is when I first started reading the docs and on the bottom, I think I asked a clarifying question or I sent mm -hmm. in feedback and, you know, maybe less than 24 hours later, I got a personalized response and I'm used to like big companies and, you know, there's no form to provide feedback and you have to go through your account team or support. And even if you do, you might never hear back. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, wow, this company is so cool. I know I had the same impression and it yeah. hasn't changed. It's still that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually a big deal. So yeah, we're, we're taking pride in that. Oh, sorry. When we are, uh, when they're, when, when our engineers are building things, we also advocate for our customers at that point too. So to help, you know, as we're doing the research for writing stuff, uh, we'll talk with the engineers as they're building the products and stuff and say, hey, you know, maybe we could fix this up so it's a little bit easier uh, for customers to access and then we won't get negative feedback. Mm -hmm. So how many, how often are you actually, you know, creating uh, bug reports or enhancement requests throughout, you know, just as, as a result of your research for All documenting the All the time. Yeah. All the yeah. time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because you're, yeah. you're like, like the first outside 
it's almost like a QA. Like you're the first oh, ones yeah. trying to, okay, this is what the workflow should be. Now I'm going to try to put pen to paper and then like, wait, but that's not intuitive or that, you know, doesn't work the way it was right. supposed to. And yep. I can't write about, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> and we push it up to the PMs and say, Hey, you know, this doesn't look right. And, you know, they'll look at it and say, okay, yeah, you're probably right. We should probably adjust it or maybe we want to do it this way or whatever, but we, yeah, all the time. And I bet yeah. there's a lot of like, you know, I was able to document this, but like, look how convoluted these instructions are, you know, maybe add something to the roadmap to right. simplify this workflow. So it's, you know, people are having less trouble with it. You know, it yeah, sounds but, good in, in their mind. Yeah. And then you go to try to write the instructions and it's like, oh boy. But sometimes we don't have control over that. And this, I want to give a specific example that I think Malcolm probably is, will identify with where, um, why is it so hard? And, and I know, I know what's going on here. Why is it so hard to configure an SSL certificate to encrypt my Splunk instance? Oh boy. Um, you really I'm, want me to I'm not blaming you. I want to know about that process and that kind of like, there's only so much you can do, but I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's start with where do you want that certificate to go? Right. Yeah. Web, Splunk, all, Splunk. And that, yeah. And, and secondly, do you, you, you have all the pieces of the certificate so that it actually works. That's the biggest thing. I'm actually in the middle right now of, of refreshing uh, the securing the Splunk platform manual to address that specific issue. It has been a bugaboo mm -hmm. for us for a while. And uh, I'm actually right in the middle of fixing that. Oh, huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> I did not nice. know that. But I think that it, this is one of those cases where there's only so much you can do for a process that's complicated for reasons that are not our fault. Like, you know, right. it's X.509 certificates. I mean, they're just hard to work with. They are. And it's been that way since the beginning of time. <laughs> At least they are. It's, it's actually, that's, I guess that's part of what makes them so secure is like you have to get a legit certificate authority to, to issue sign yours. them. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it's got all these dependencies that are outside of Splunk. Yeah. You know, and then we're, yeah, what, I don't know if we say what we use on, yeah, I think we say all the open source libraries that we use on, on doc somewhere. So it's, you know, we're using whatever open SSL project, you know, uh, that open source project, you know, and some of these other crypto libraries, we're kind of inheriting the, the way that those things work. Yeah. Um, swinging back to, uh, the inheriting, since you said inheriting, um, Thank you. manual T take us like to, like, let's go like back in time, take us to when it was first, uh, crafted, like, were there any, do you remember any sections that were like, you know, made it, uh, got left on the editing floor or are there sections that you continue to hear about today? People are like, Hey, what, you know, now that clustering multi-site clustering has come out, like, can you add these topics to the, uh, manual? I'm not asking you to commit to any future facing things, just like give us kind of that behind the scenes, um, view. So there were a few things that got left on the floor. Um, we were trying to, I'm trying to remember when we were putting it out. Um, I think we were trying to do it because we, because you, because Matt, you did your, you did your .com talk on it, like right after it came out, right? Pretty much right after. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were, we were kind of, we were kind of we in a push to get it out so that he could do his talk. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so yeah, there were a couple of things that got left on the floor. We did, we just didn't have enough info, enough information to present it as something authoritative because that is obviously what we try to do. Like we don't want to just put out stuff that's kind of stuff and doesn't have all the information in it. Um, as far as feedback that we get on it, we get a lot of feedback on the topology stuff. Hmm. Um, the most read topic in it is about the system health. So determining what the system health is. Um, hmm. But, is that a surprise? That, that's yeah, slightly surprising that to me. Because that's yeah. a new feature, relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, as far as, um, yeah, as, as far as like the most read is, yeah, it's a system health. Um, as far as like feedback on it, um, again, yeah, it's the, the topology stuff. Uh, people always ask about what the where the ports are. There's like a couple of Splunk answers questions where people are like, well, what are the, what's the port list? Like, uh, right, you know. right. There's a canonical one with, it's yeah. all color coded and you've got a you know, diagrams. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we do. Do you I, look for well, areas I, where, I mean, do you look to, to answers in the community site, you know, kind of first when you're doing some of this research to see when, you know, what's the prior art? Oh Yeah. I, I think uh, Matt, you were about to toss something out there, and uh, oh yeah, it's a. I just wanted to say that uh, we we um, while the doc team did uh, do the bulk of the writing on the manual, we also uh, went out and sent it out to a bunch of subject matter experts. I th- I can't recall, but I think it's possible that you guys might have been in on the on the some of those uh, review loops. I'm not sure, but. We we sent it out to a bunch of people that we knew, like in uh, in the SE side of things mm-hmm. and elsewhere, to get their comment on, comments on it, uh, and that they were pretty instrumental in helping us identify like places where we were, you know, uh, where there were we were forgetting things or missing things or where their customers were uh, uh, r- running into problems. And uh, SE well, is uh, sales engineering. So th- yeah. those are, you know, if you're working with your account team, you'll you'll have a, an account representative. Mm-hmm. Um, but alongside them is a trusty technical advisor called the sales engineer who will help really provide you that technical proof about what it is you want to do with Splunk and whether or not that's going to be something that's possible. Um, and because they interface so much with our customers, and hear about, well, can it do this? I want to be able to do that. And that they become this incredible rich source of, of feedback and validation. Uh, and that, that's what Matt was talking about that, you know, you, you can, you can bring those, uh, those minds in to get that sort of validation. So just wanted to translate that for any of our, yeah. our listeners out there. Um, now you, you guys also, uh, Matt, you did the, the comp talk, uh, how many years, um, did that one run for? Because I, I think they're all expired from Conf Online by now. Oh, that's a oh, shame. Have they? Shoot, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I I I, have, I didn't keep track of how long it ran for. Uh, but you did it more than once, right? More than one year. No, I just did it no? one year. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's maybe it's. Uh, yeah, I should have done it more than once. Maybe. But, <laughs> Time to uh, submit it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we we it might be worth submitting again, but I after we possibly I I think it might be interesting to kind of go through and revisit the content of the manual and see where it 
might need to be updated, especially mm-hmm. uh, given that we're trying to focus, uh, turn our focus a little bit towards more towards cloud. Uh, I'm wondering if there's like specific stuff that cloud people, cloud users, enterprise cloud users need to consider with, you know, inheriting deployments that we might not be or, covering. Or things, yeah, that's a really great point, or things that they don't need to consider anymore. So for right. example, you know, I read the inheriting manual and I learn all about you know, indexer topology and, and sends me off to clustering and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out like, you don't have to worry about that in cloud. Yeah. It's good to yeah. know it, but yeah. It might not be an issue at all. I don't know. Um, and then another area that I've, I've been working in for the last couple of years that I don't think is represented in there at all is, is metrics. And, and there's a lot of uh, getting data in issues around metrics that people might, might, so you want uh, to just regalance with a with a couple of those uh, concerns? Uh, offhand, I'm not quite sure what I would say. I just know <laughs> that uh, uh, that there can be some tricky things with, for example, like you they might you might want to uh, know more about um, how to convert your your uh, log data into metrics, for example, um, or you know stuff that you might not know. For example, there are things that you can do now that you couldn't do before that might help some people out. Like uh, um, there's a new there's an index there's a metric uh, a, me- a a method of summary indexing into metric indexes that actually creates faster, more search more uh, performant. Uh, uh, searches um, than you would get with a summary index, with a, with oh, an interesting. Event, event summary index. A metric summary index is faster, and and uh, and um, also takes up less space on disk than a than a. I had didn't actually know about that one. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we that that that's something that that was invented for uh, cloud, and then um, and then got released. It's part of the eight one release. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, the docs are, are all out there, and uh, um, I I want to do as as the writer for metrics. I want to do get get. I haven't done this yet, but I want to set up a page that sort of explains like all of these different things that. The metrics, our metric solution has that help people, uh, you know, manage their data and 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 set up faster searches and so forth. Because um, I don't know that the metrics manual right now really does a good job of explaining that. And I think that might be something that someone who's inheriting a deployment might want to know. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and kind of similar lens to that, if when a feature comes out. And then, you know, let's say metrics, you know, came out in 7.0, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then 7.1, there was a iteration of it, you know, the, the metrics feature, it was the second version of the metrics right. feature and on and on. And now we're on the, you know, whatever you want to call it, version of, of metrics and then some of those associated features. And if you're not keeping track of, of those evolutions, you're kind of missing out on you know, the, the new capabilities of, even right. if you're like, Oh yeah, of course I got metrics. I know what metrics are. So the, yeah. I feel like there's some sort of a refresh thing that like, how do people, where would you send somebody to answer some of those types of questions? The release, yeah. the release notes. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about what's new and what's changed all the features that are coming in and features that are going out and features that have been deprecated and stuff like that. It's all in the, in the release notes. 
Glad you said that. that. That used to be a big part of my job. Every time a new version of Splunk came out, but but even before that, uh, when I was you know in the trenches doing IT, it was like okay, new version of the software, read the release notes. I'm glad y'all continue to put a lot of focus on that. Yeah, yeah. And there's something kind of cool I find really cool about our release notes. There's the known issues and the um, fixed issues area, but those are not written into the page, right? Do you think yeah. either of you can explain how that works? The, we, yeah, we used to have writers that were manually updating the release note, the that aspect of the release notes, and it was a tedious process that was prone to error. So uh, a bunch of our uh, best minds came up with a method of uh, automating it. So now it's all done through Jira, really. Um, you go into Jira, you click, you set up a thing saying, uh, um, uh, what was it? it it's like a, uh, a setting that basically makes it appear in the release notes. And Is it like it, a label or a tag kind of thing? It's a, yeah, it's a label. And then the you want to go and, and change the, if the title is, if the title of the ticket, if the this is for bugs only. And if the title of the bug is something that's kind of inscrutable, we rewrite it so it makes sense in a list of, of things in, in the release notes. And then it will automatically go away once it's closed. It'll it'll disappear from the the fixed version onwards. So when so you that's go, all automatically generated. All you do is just basically triage the title of yeah. of the bug and make sure that it makes sense to any reader, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so you take the title that says like Hal screwed up again and make it something a little more <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> So yes. when I navigate to the release notes and I see those known issues and fixed issues in this release, that that's dynamic, right? Like that's yes. not daily dynamic or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 So it's just the tricky thing now is just kind of making sure that we are identify uh, the bugs that need to go in the release notes. And that can sometimes take some time. We don't always catch everything by GA of a given release. I was just identifying things over the last, like late last week that should be in 8.1 that it, the 8.1 release notes that weren't there, like, you know, engineers were talking, saw engineers talking about it. I was like, whoa, that, that, that's something that we should be mentioning. Right. So, you know, but then it's as easy as just, you know, making a couple of changes to a Jira ticket and, and boom, it's in there. It so shows up back within, up. A, a little bit just to think about like the the whole purpose of the inherited uh, deployment, and you know, we, we did ask this question of the uh, of uh, the team that we had on the the last episode here, but like, what are your top tips, or you know, what are the things that people ought to focus on? So you know, let we can get a little bit technical and kind of give some you know some guidance here. Well, uh, I think. Uh, Malcolm's probably the expert in some of the early stuff in the manual. Um, and then I should, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I can talk about it. Um, so the, the first thing you do obviously is, is, um, you, you gotta assess your topology. You gotta see what machines are running, what components of Splunk, you know, of, of the deployment, uh, take a look at that, take a look at the configuration files, uh, take a look at the index, the indexes and the index data. Uh, if you have monitoring console, obviously you can use that to, to glean a lot of information. 
Um, you want to take a look at uh, the network ports that are running. Uh, we are we obviously have a default list of ports, but it's possible that the Splunk administrator could have configured uh, ports differently. But at least you have an idea of what's going on uh, mm -hmm. when you go into it. And then once you have that information and you figure out where things are running, if it's a cluster deployment or not, if it's a distributed deployment, then you can start looking into um, you know, how the indexes are configured, like summaries and metrics and stuff like that, like like what Matt's talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I wrote a topic that I don't know that people look at that much, which is about the, what, once all of that is done, just sort of cleaning up your, your uh, knowledge object setup and making sure that, you know, all of that stuff is working correctly. Um, you know, um, which uh, it, there, there's a lot of like, for example, issues with permissions that you can that you can uh, with knowledge object permissions that can be troubling for your users um, or orphaned objects, how to find them and how to get rid of them, mm -hmm. stuff like that. When you have users leave, for example, the user that you might be replacing, uh, they might have a lot of knowledge objects that uh, were under their name that now are just kind of adrift. And uh, those can cause problems in searches and so forth until you get them reassigned to someone or, or removed. And there's a lot of other things like that. Um, but that, but if you're dealing with the issues in my in that final topic, then then you're pretty good. You're doing pretty well. <laughs> if you made it you this know. far, yeah. If you made not. it this far, then 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 congratulations. Basically, <laughs> uh, so you mentioned the. Um the health health check is being one of the the most popular um, sections. Do you want to talk about? I mean, do you get opinionated about the health check about the monitoring console? Uh, you know, somebody has has just inherited something. You probably need to go there <laughs> to those two places. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, so it's. I mean, it's obviously it's the number one red page in that manual, and I mean, I don't personally have an opinion on it. I think you know, obviously, if you want to find out what your deployment's doing, that's the first place I'd go. Um, Matt, do you have anything? You have any thoughts on that? Not really. It's just kind of an elemental uh, these days. Now it's kind of an elemental uh, uh, place to kind of get started, get to pick the big picture of what's going on with your deployment. Go ahead. No, I just to say I, I still remember a day when that kind of thing didn't exist. When we had these very like bargain basement dashboards to look at uh, to figure out what was going on, you know, with your internal metrics. And our, thank you, uh, Octavio. Those are great. But yeah. <laughs> well, he's yeah, Octavio is still heavily involved with this with the the monitoring console. Uh, I, I I thank him for everything that he does. Octavio <laughs> is yeah. probably uh, more instrumental into a lot of aspects of how usable our our systems are than than uh, people realize. <laughs> That's going to be a topic I'm thinking, Birch. I always had the same thought. Just Octavio, the topic yep. of Octavio. Just the Octavio yeah. show. I wonder who we should bring in as oh a guest, though. Try <laughs> <laughs> right, call and see if he has availability. Yeah. You should do. You should do. Yeah, Octavio, this is your life, and then just have the rest of us come in and like, like go. And I remember when you, you know, blah blah blah. Fun fact: Octavio started a day before me. No. Uh, wow. On July 10th or July. 
9th, 2010. And I started on July 10th, 2010. It's like your twins born just really hours is. apart. It and you really look alike, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool. I, you know, from just a complete uh, pivot on, on topics here, and we can always go back, sure. but uh, were you able to, we're, we're hot off the heels of Conf. We were talking about it before you guys joined. Were, were you able to catch any of it? Any any notable breakout sessions that, that you saw? Because you have a very unique perspective. You're, you're not sales engineers, you're technical in both consuming and expressing, um, even if you're you're not, you know, creating product like bits and, and so forth. I unfortunately did not catch any sessions. I'm gonna see what they uh, what the recordings look like. I I had a lot of work that I needed to finish prior to. <laughs> uh, Would we have a major release or something? Yeah, womp, yeah. Womp. I had to finish that work. Yeah, so Shame. I it, it was definitely different. Like say from last year, where you know I was there and 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 part of the uh, the whole uh, ask the experts booth and stuff. It's mm-hmm. those are fun. They had a yeah. virtual Ask the Experts. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Pat oh, first. no. No, go ahead. Uh, that's fine. I was just going to say uh, it, it was an interesting, I mean, this whole year was a whole kind of kind of upside down sort of thing, you know. Really? Why? Of, <laughs> that's, an interesting, that's an interesting way to call it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it was interesting in that, in that, yeah, so it's virtual, obviously. But the other thing was just that um, while we had all of our, all of the presentations were, were pre-recorded, or a lot of them were, which meant that people weren't, uh, so I was just, um, I noticed that that uh, in previous years, Conf was a, you. If you didn't go, you could depend on it to be a fairly quiet week uh, at, at the office, and oh. that was not the case this year. I was wondering where you were going with that at all. Yeah, no. The, the, this year, everybody was busy. We were all we were. You could. T- I I was trying to attend uh, uh, talks uh, for a while, but then I realized that my fellow engineers were not attending talks and they were very interested in getting uh feedback from me on this thing or that thing um so uh i i after a while i had to kind of disengage from the conference because i was just there was work it's funny i I know exactly what you're talking about but birch and i we did not have the same experience at all But but the one uh, uh, one talk I did attend was uh, my colleague uh, and writer uh, tech writer Sarah Moyer had a has mm-hmm. a really good talk about missing data. What data is missing uh, in your searches? Basically, like how it's kind of about how how uh, bias uh, either your bias or 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 system bias or whatever can cause you to miss important things in your data like for, you know maybe not capture it in in uh, in various ways and it was a very entertaining talk because uh, it's a lot of interesting she brings in a lot of different examples from the world basically from you know outside of splunk in some cases uh mm-hmm. and shows how how you might be, you know uh, being failing to capture all of the information that you should be capturing. And her name is spelled M O I R. If you go to yes. Comp Online, you can search. You'll find not only that talk, uh, which is titled What's Missing Reduce Bias by Addressing Data Gaps in Your Analysis Approach. 
but mm-hmm. also her talks from uh, 2018, including adding and analyzing music data in Splunk, yes. which uh, I think yeah. there's been a lot of love for that one. Yeah. Yeah. People, you, if you go to Conf, you might know her. She's pretty, she's kind of one of these social people that gets around yep. and probably in a lot of ways is these days kind of, the, uh, I think for some people is the face of the doc team. So, uh, but, uh, she, she, she's deserves that, you know, uh, that attention. She's really good. And what, um, you know, you mentioned Malcolm, uh, in, in being at conf, what, what is the, what do you do as a, as a doc writer at conf? Are you wandering around the whole time? And, and you said, ask the experts are, you know, can you yeah, tell so, us about that? Um, where yeah, can so, we find you? So, so you, uh, in 2019, you found me at the, ask the experts booth. I was roaming around, um, uh, taking questions from customers that walked in and, uh, had appointments and stuff. And, uh, it was very, it was, a probably one of the best experiences I've had at a dot com. I've only been to three and mm-hmm. the one, I can say that last year was, it really, really was great because just being able to talk with stuff, uh, with, with folks about Splunk, you know, and the various aspects of the product and being able to answer their questions. That's the, that was the crazy thing was actually being able to answer a, a lot of their questions on the fly was very, very cool. And just to see the fact that, um, people would come and they would have these questions and you would be able to answer them and they would be really happy because mm-hmm. typically, you know, you go to a conference and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm asking this very technical question and, and, and you'll be like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I know the answer to it, but I'll get back to you. You give me your email. Right. And being able to actually like talk Splunk shop with them was one of the coolest experiences I've had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And we did it again this year. It was virtual, but I think, you know, probably, uh, we should, we could probably go to Leslie and get some stats and help, you know, on what was the engagement like, you know, what, what did we, how many people did we help that kind of thing? That'd be interesting yeah. for this virtual year. Yeah. Cool. Well, one other little, uh, kind of fun thing I did for comp this year was they, uh, had a, had a three night event, uh, that um, Dungeons and Data Monsters, mm-hmm. where uh, uh, and I was on the third night uh, as a player, um, and our Splunk community manager Brian Genowin was the dungeon master. It's basically D and D but Splunk. So there were magic comp hoodies and uh, and uh, and. Um, uh, what was it? There, you know, we fought some uh, rogue firewalls in one session uh, at a, at at the port of what was it like the of the Splunk Cloudum in yeah, the city yeah. of ES and so on. Very nerdy, but uh, fun for fun. It was definitely fun for those of us that are into the game. Yeah, I was in the live stream for the first night uh, for most of the of that evening. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Awesome. So and any uh, last thoughts or, or kind of calls to action that you guys want to leave our listeners with? Sure. Um, I can say if you have any questions about an inherited deployment, obviously the uh, inherited deployment manual is the place to go. Um, we should be able to answer most of them. But if we don't, there is a feedback form on every single page mm-hmm. that you fill out and send to us. Uh, give us an email address. And uh, we will get back to you because that is the thing that we do. We pretty much prioritize feedback over everything else. So you will get a response from somebody. Yeah. Awesome. yeah the, 
some of the uh, the feedback documentation things that I've done, uh, they I they I I really enjoy getting back to people and and kind of fixing people's you know issues with the docs. But it, it's also just fun to sometimes people discover really interesting things that like we didn't know to you know. It, it, they 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 uncover ask you know ways to improve the docs that we never would have come up with on our own, um, and any and as far as the inherited deployment manual goes, uh, that's a great way to also suggest uh, things that we should cover in a new version of the manual. Yes. Nice. So, and if there are any errors that you see, tell us about them. We'll fix them. Right. And when you get right. an email back from from Malcolm or Matt, now you feel like you're you were talking with a celebrity. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. Huh? Yikes! Well, this was this was a good talk, um, and and it's probably easier than talking about I don't know or reference architecture, uh, Malcolm. Oh goodness, reference! <laughs> oh wow, that is that's a lot of fun. I've passed that torch on to somebody else, but I remember it fondly. Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff. All right. Well, anything else, Birch? Uh, no. I, I thank you, Matt. Thank you, Malcolm. Um, I, I. Uh, it's like M and, and M M N M M uh, initials wise. Um, no, thank you guys for for joining us today and closing out this two part series. Um, this was wonderful, and thank you, know, you for happy, having. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Happy spunking.